Hey guys, and welcome to Let's Be Careful Out There, episode three. Uh, this episode is titled Mutter's Day, in a pun <laughs> that I don't think we understand one bit. Uh, I am your host, yep, Johnny. Mike. Mike is joining me once again. Say hi, Mike. Hello. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, my main concern jumping into this episode was that after last episode being kind of bland, I felt I, I was worried that um, this the show is getting too normal or getting too watchable. And I would like to let everyone who's listening know we are back in flavored country, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this was arguably the the most insane episode we've seen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we should just dive right into it. Yeah, well, the episode dives right into it with that ridiculous cowboy. It's our favorite character, the Ronnie chief. Cox, yeah. police, police chief Kendrick. Kendrick's, we're getting the names now, yeah. Yeah. And uh, in this one... Uh, it's not a third episode in a row where he shoots something in his office, but um, or talks about shooting women like you shoot a horse. <laughs> uh, but he get, he does other stuff that we, yeah. That, um, so so this this episode starts with him kind of fiddling around on an acoustic guitar in his office, kind of looking wistfully out the window. Yeah. And then his assistant barges in. I don't even remember with what news. He well, this is what's ridiculous. He's playing guitar on his office at what's obviously work hours. Yeah, doesn't have anything else to do. <laughs> and his assistant comes in and says, uh, "It's a Hollander, the um, uh, captain." Yeah, oh, who's the, the captain? Who's the chief of police? I think uh, he's Hollander's Hollander the is the captain. Yeah. Ronnie Cox is is the chief of police, and he wants to put away Larusso. Yeah. So he, his assistant comes in and says, "Hollander's here." Yeah. And Hollander is there to talk to him about how. We're going to take LaRusso down. I need immunity for LaRusso's partner. Yeah. So the assistant comes in and says, Holland is here. And he's like, doesn't have the decency to let a man finish his song. It's like, <laughs> you are, this is really serious. And you're in your office during work hours. Like, don't yeah. complain yeah. about you've, you've been interrupted from fiddling on your acoustic guitar. <laughs> and it just, it, it just hits the ground running with absurdity. And it goes on from there. Hollander yeah. says, we're going to get LaRusso if we give his partner immunity. Uh, he'll he'll um he'll sign a statement saying that he saw this guy killed yeah uh in cold blood and ronnie cox immediately just is like why do we crush our gunfighters <laughs> he's he's upset that this cop killed a handcuffed prisoner because he was gonna get off yeah and and he says uh you know back in my day well, not even his day. We yeah. talked about this. It's yeah. a different age. But he <laughs> says something like, you know, you just uh, used to just, oh, you you just shoot a guy and then go into town and grab, like, drink some rum and get a whore. Yeah. And now when you shoot a guy illegally, you go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, you know, he's just got this sad, so wistful. It's complicated now. Yeah. Everything, everything's just so bureaucratic. And back in the day, and I actually have in my notes um, underlined three times what year is he from? Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to the song cuz that's where it just gets even weirder. But yeah, and then and he ends this sort of lament. Holland is not saying anything. Holland is not saying like <laughs> why are you so sympathetic? It's <laughs> a serious problem that we need to deal with. And then he he ends the the meeting with like why do we crush our gunfighters? Yeah, yeah. Like he's not this isn't a guy who fired in self-defense yeah. and hit someone. This is a guy who shot a man who's 
was his he was handcuffed and unarmed yeah. and was just standing there and he was shot and then he lied about it but you know we're, <laughs> we're crushing our gunfighters it's yeah. A, yeah, a yeah. different age so then Hollander leaves time. the office and the guy starts singing a song I think it's about he wants to hear the dogies again <laughs> And it cuts yeah. to him walking, uh, he's riding down a city street dressed as a cowboy on a horse, yeah. singing a slow country song. And Just I like think, wistfully uh, recalling the, the simpler times. And yeah, he describes justice as a simple chore. <laughs> and he yeah. used to just solve problems with a gun. And it's this sad song about how back in the day you lived a cowboy life. I think he rhymes like cowboy life with I miss my wife, but he doesn't want to stop being a cowboy. And you just, you know, you just shoot people and that was it. And this isn't like simply lamenting the the complexities of modern justice and bureaucracy it's specifically in the context of a corrupt cop shooting an yeah, unarmed yeah, man yeah. that this that he's singing about and then then that's when i think both of us that's when we're thinking like cuz he also says earlier on like I guess you want to come in and uh, sit around the campfire and chew the fat. Yeah. It's all campfires <laughs> yeah. and gunslinging and cowboy robots. So many. So and it, it's not just Ronnie Cox. There are so many great colloquialisms being used that, as far as I know, people in real life have never said. So, yeah, he's he said like chew the fat and you know, you know, back in my day when I was no higher than a grasshopper's knee or something <laughs> like that. And uh, we'll get into it later. The mayor has some awesome ones as well. I think that I got the sense with this episode that the writers are having a lot more fun with the show. I think, I think even they might have a sense that this show isn't going to last and they're starting to just, they're, they're not so concerned about setting a really serious tone for the, the show. Like a, a lot of things were played for laughs. And I, I feel like Ronnie Cox going down the street in his horse and his like old timey cowboy sheriff, uh, get up kind of contrasted with, modern city scenery is is meant to be silly and is meant to be kind of like I, no i think i disagree i think that that was meant because it's, it's the song is sad and it's meant to be this is a man out of time this is a man dressed as a cowboy an armed cowboy on a horse and you've got like a hot dog vendor and some guys sitting on the sidewalk just watching this lunatic ride down the street dressed as a cowboy and you're supposed to you're supposed to think like why uh why why this romantic age why did it have to end but everyone is sort of looking at him like he's just just a weirdo and it's yeah, meant yeah. to be you know it's meant to be kind of um postmodern i guess they'll thrust him into this dress as a cowboy but it's like you said what age is he supposed to be from because not he's not a cowboy he never was <laughs> yeah unless he's like 150 years old he's yeah. not a cowboy but also he owns a robot so <laughs> Like, is he from the past? Is he from the future? Man Out of Time is maybe the the perfect explanation. He is like some sort of Kurt Vonnegut character who who exists in no time and in all times. Yeah, he's somehow wrenched out of the past when he was a cowboy <laughs> yeah. into the present and became the chief of police and laments <laughs> the fact that... But I also there was a robot that he got somehow when he traveled to the future. Yeah, it's I, yeah. That was a so it got off to a terrible start that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, so, oh yeah, when he's 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 riding on the horse and then a truck drives by behind him, like yeah, a big yeah. sort of uh, Optimus Prime truck <laughs> um, goes, and it's just it just seems like uh, 
it seems like they're making the point that this is a, a man out of time, which he's not. Yeah. <laughs> what he literally is is a guy who's pining away for an age that he never lived in. He's just got a cowboy fetish or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 for sure. But instead, it looks like they forgot to shut off the street and a truck went by behind him yeah. and ruined the shot. <laughs> and they left it in, but it's not. It's meant to make a point. Yeah, oh, definitely they're they're going for some sort of juxtaposition. I'm, I'm, I was under the impression that they were... Like, we both chuckled when that truck went by, and yeah. I, I feel that was the intention, but maybe not. It, it's really hard to tell what, what in this show is sincere and what is played for laughs, because the sincere stuff is just as funny, yeah, it if seems not like more this is... so than... It, 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 this show, the sincere stuff is funny for being so sincere, and the funny stuff, the stuff that is meant to be played for laughs, is funny because of how dramatically it fails at being funny. yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, I, I think it's to show, that I haven't d- figured out if they have any sense of irony yet. No, I don't think, I don't yeah. think so. I, I, don't, I don't know that musicals can have irony. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if they'd purposely done that ridiculous truck shot, yeah. and, and, and I thought they were self-aware about what was going on, I think there's a little commentary about how absurd this show is. <laughs> but it's not. That was just yeah. the director who's like, now a truck should go by, <laughs> because we don't use horses anymore, we use trucks. Very sad. It's mm. very sad how, how things have changed. <laughs> um, so then uh, title card, the same title sequence as always. Um, it's a little more striking now that I think they've set up villains in this show as, you know, we know what characters are, are despicable people. But in the title sequence, when all the actors are supposedly playing themselves, it yeah. really kind of undermines that. Like you're looking at these people who are supposed to be bad guys and they're just kind of lounging around watching Randy Newman sing. Yeah, like, LaRusso is bobbing his head like, yeah, and looking to his, his castmates. He's yeah. like, and they're like, yeah, LaRusso, this is great, but it's not him. It's the actor. And, and then the show starts and everyone hates him because he's a... Yeah, and like Ronnie Cox comes into the studio in the title sequence holding like shopping bags. <laughs> <laughs> like he just finished doing some groceries and is going to pop his head into the studio and see what's going on. <laughs> and again, like it, it doesn't mesh with his character at all and it really i don't know it's jarring well i don't think he's even meant to be a villain it's just by any modern standard he he's villainish he's he's villainous villain i don't know villainary villainesque but yeah but in the (laughs) show he's not he's just supposed to be a little zany a little uh, romantic but uh you're supposed to agree with him that yeah yeah we i wish we could just shoot people and go get a whore afterwards and that was the hero's way yeah totally uh, title ends and then boom we're back into like serious gritty cop stuff um, it starts with Captain Hollander confronting uh, Potts I think Danny Potts LaRusso's former yeah. partner who who watched LaRusso kill a perp in, in yeah. cold blood I remember when he when he shot the perp Potts is looking at him like so stressed out and freaked out yeah. and that's how he looks in every single episode <laughs> yeah. like he's, I don't think that character has eyelids like yeah. his, his eyes are always bugging out of his head. Yeah, all facial expressions. Yeah. He's just always kind of stressed and just stony faced and like you don't I, I, I feel bad for him, I guess. He's under a tremendous amount of pressure. <laughs> I don't want to backtrack, uh, but I, I did want to say what happened to Ernie Hudson? Wasn't he originally Ronnie Cox's um yeah assistant and he hasn't been back not since the pilot no i don't know what happened was he too expensive like maybe maybe he had like two lines in the pilot it's not like he could have been prohibitively i i don't know i maybe he couldn't sing 
Maybe he told them <laughs> they could sing, and when they, yeah, when they sort of gave him a song after the pilot, like, "Hey, we decided to give you a whole song." He was like, "Ah!" <laughs> yeah. So okay, sorry to get off track. So so uh, Captain Hollander is confronting Potts, saying, "You know, Potts or saying Larusso's going down. You can either be on our side or." You can go down with him. Yeah, there's some weird metaphor about you can be under the wall or on top, on top of, of it, it with me. Me, yeah, when I, it falls on him. Or something. Yeah, there's a really strained wall metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> been lots of wall metaphors in this episode, um, and then uh, we cut to the mayor, uh, and I don't know what they're going to do with this character because they they set her up as this corrupt cynical uh uh politician and this episode really runs with her character i have no idea what they're going to try to do but in in this scene uh she confesses that she might have political aspirations apparently she's being vetted for a uh senate position yeah she's asked to run yeah, and this guy—I don't know who he is—but he says we we we, we have think some consultants, yeah, and we'd like you to meet with them. You know, these guys—they're they, kingmakers. They're yeah, and they think she can do it. In the first episode, I guess the the cops are angry because there aren't enough jails, so she says <laughs> she's going to build more jails. But yeah. it hints that how those jails will be built is corrupt. So there's some corruption going on with her. And then in the second episode, um. I guess she's meant to be portrayed as a villain because she she's furious that she's getting pressure from the black community because right. a white cop killed a black guy who was probably unarmed and yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah. And everyone thinks that that's <laughs> people who don't know think that he probably wasn't armed yeah, yeah. and was handcuffed and he was. Yeah. Um so she's I guess she's meant to be set up in the second episode as like, "Oh man, not her as well." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone's trying to get LaRusso even though the show also thinks LaRusso was a bad guy yeah and now in this one it's not about how she wants that and it's not about corruption now she's going into politics she's uh, asked to run for the senate um and the guy says to her like we're gonna have to tell you some stuff that you don't want to hear and yeah and, you know you kind of get the impression she's kind of a badass and like well, what, what are they gonna say to her she's like, she I'm, a, I'm a big girl yeah she can take it and then they ask her how badly do you yep. want this? Yep. And then she says, <coughs> let me get my notes. Yep, yep. No, I wrote Quote, it down too. How badly does a shark want a drowning fat man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, that's not how sharks work. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. first of all, sharks typically don't want people. Yeah. And if they Let's did, the sharks, does yeah. it matter that the person is fat? Yeah, or drowning. <laughs> yeah, Specifically right. a drowning. But she says it's so you're meant to yeah. that's meant to make her seem kind of sharkish. Yeah, she she raises a single yeah. eyebrow, you know, yeah. she's like How bad yeah. does a shark want a drowning fat man? <laughs> yeah, like, totally. I, I get how hungry is the shark? Is it <laughs> not eaten for days? It's kinda is that is it confusing fat? you for like a flailing seal? Is yeah, I don't it's, know. Yeah, and she says it like that's something that it's like does does a bear shit in the woods? Yeah, that's, that's what they say in the cop rock universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, so then we quick cut, quick cut to uh, a strip club. Mm -hmm. I presume. Yeah, they it, seem to. I don't see. We don't see any stripping or hints at stripping. Just They're, a lot of foxy boxing. Yeah, the mud wrestling. Mud wrestling and lots of women. Everyone's 
it's all guys in sort of tiers yeah. of tables and chairs and women are sort of on them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. see like private booths. Women are just, yeah. it just looks like chaos. I've, I've never been to a LA strip club. I don't know what strip protocol is in LA, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like a real thing. Like it seems like a conception someone who's never been to a strip club might have of a strip club. Yeah. But what I found super entertaining about it uh it's just like a 90s time capsule sort of thing uh uh the bikini cuts all the g-strings go like above the hip bone like that really like Mm. like hilarious like deep kind of v-shape yeah uh like beauty standards of the early 90s are so (laughs) strange like these women look so Barbie dollish, like giant hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of giant hair. Yeah, 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 totally. It's, it's. I don't know. I don't know what it's telling of, but it's, it's a weird time capsule moment. Uh, also, there's a super wacky MC, something, <laughs> something like a Chris, uh, a cross between Chris Farley and like Artie Lang. Yeah, he's I don't like know. the poor man's Chris Farley and <laughs> Artie Lang. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got like a he's got like a baseball cap with the brim, yeah. like folded up. You yeah. know, like in like a weird, like, I don't know, little rascals almost like looking <laughs> thing. And uh, he's saying the most ridiculous things to like amp the crowd up. Uh, I actually wrote one down because it was maybe the grossest thing <laughs> I have ever heard. Uh, he, he was addressing the audience and he's saying to the guys, quote, you'll be desperate to sniff the tire tracks of the garbage truck carrying their dirty laundry. now yeah wow okay now i am a straight heterosexual man Mm -hmm. that's redundant uh i have never once felt the need to sniff anyone's dirty laundry let alone the tire tracks of the garbage truck the garbage truck also do these women just throw out their clothes when they're done probably from the look of this workplace yeah (laughs) Yeah. they probably they probably would. But, but it's so gross. Like, I actually, I think, shouted Jesus Christ at the screen. <laughs> they said that line. Like, it was so disgusting to me. It's not attractive at all. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I can see why he said it. It wasn't... Um, I think he's... he's it's I, I, stupid. I, I, I get it, he's using hyperbole, and he's a kind of like a <laughs> carnival barker, but... If if it's I not was... like you'll want to lick the sweat off their asses, <laughs> where, yeah, like yeah. I'd kind of do actually. <laughs> it's more like you want to sniff the, the tire tracks of the yeah. garbage truck that. Yeah, you know. I, don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe he's just a sort of lost poet, LA poet, <laughs> trying to make his way. That was his critique of strip culture. I I, <laughs> I had a feeling it, it was. He was he was so ineffective. It was almost <laughs> like um, uh, Skinner in that episode of The Simpsons. Where he he moves to uh, to Capital City and he's like outside of a strip club and oh, he's like yeah, handing out. oh yes mm-hmm. oh yes hot girls inside or whatever and it's like <laughs> if I heard someone yelling that garbage truck line outside of a strip club I if there was any chance I was going to go in the strip club hearing that would make me never <laughs> go again <laughs> nope this is a gross place I want nothing to do with this um, anyway. You find out uh, LaRusso is in the strip club. He's watching the show, and it yeah. turns out that one of the Foxy Boxers or the Mud Wrestlers or Jello Wrestlers, whatever they're doing, uh, one of the contestants is his wife. 
Yeah. No, or, well, no, no girlfriend. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you don't realize that. You think he's just there. Yeah. To watch because they've never established he's got he's in a relationship. Yeah. Um, and that's why sometimes you watch the show and you think, did they just decide in this? Did they do? Do they write one episode at a time? I think they do. I I think because there's already so many dropped threads, I feel they're making it up as they go. I maybe yeah. the Larusso arc because that seems to be kind of the primary thing that ties all the episodes together. But yeah. beyond that, I don't know that they had like a end game in plan like planned. Yeah, it just seemed like yeah, he's got a girlfriend actually. Yeah. And now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. And so he meets her uh, backstage. Yeah. And and he's just being a dick to her. He's like, "So, uh, what's it cost uh, if a guy wants you to bring him back here?" And he's kind of giving her a hard time for the for being a stripper. She, yeah, or a mud wrestler, I Which guess. Which presumably she has been for some time now. It's is yeah. not e- either either he met her, she was a stripper, which I I think is the implication. Yeah. Yeah. And she says to him, like, I'll stop it if if you want me to. And he's like, ah, it doesn't mean <laughs> anything to me. And it obviously does. Yeah. And I think, again, this is but meant like, to be... But why did... If, if she was a stripper when, when they met, why... Like, he knew that when they started dating. <laughs> why does that bother him now? You know? That yeah, was... it does seem like he just brought it up <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. Rather than it being a, a sort of simmering tension, he's just yeah. he's just like, oh, by the way, I don't like it. And he's a he's a jerk to her about it. Yeah. And again, I can't tell if it's meant to be the show trying to tackle ambiguity, where it's like um, the show is saying, well, well, any guy would, uh, you know, at times feel jealous. His yeah. girlfriend was a stripper. Come on, guys, you can appreciate where he's coming from. But the way he handles it, you just immediately think. You're a dick. Yeah, I, you don't. I, I don't think they're going for ambiguity anymore. I think they set that up in the pilot, and everything they've done since then has been to black and white eyes the universe. Like I think we now have characters that are very strongly villains and very strongly heroes, and I don't know. They're 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 not trying to complicate things anymore. Well, I don't think they're trying to make him. They're trying to make him still. Uh, relatable i i don't think so maybe a little relatable in that he's he's not he didn't kill the kill the cop killer because he was trying to gain something from it no he was doing he, it he wasn't killing he wanted, out of pleasure yeah he, he wanted justice yeah and i think i think they're just trying to still leave a certain amount of ambiguity that he's a tough guy you kind of respect even if you disagree with, with his, his methods, methods. Which might have worked at the time, but now I'm. I just want him to go to jail. Yeah, yeah, he's I, an I, awful person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he makes his girlfriend feel really bad for being a stripper, even though that's presumably how it's always been. Yeah, and then he he walks off, and uh, she sings a. She says, "I just want you to like me," and he's like, "Okay, I'll see you outside." Okay, <laughs> and then leaves, <laughs> and then song uh it's another another self-deprecating mopey song from a character we don't know yeah it has to be at least the third time since this series where we are introduced to a character through song complaining about how sad they are yeah and this just this almost made me angry i'm like (laughs) i'm sorry your boyfriend doesn't respect you and treat you right 
just yeah. because you happen to be a mud wrestling stripper. <laughs> but I have heard three lines of dialogue from you. <laughs> I didn't even know you guys were together. Yeah. And now... Suddenly you I'm supposed singing. to be invested yeah. in, in you emotionally. You saying I, I, hate I don't men. know who you are. Yeah. I hate men. I hate the world. I hate myself. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I don't know you. Yeah. 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 For sure. Also, I, I felt a little, uh, again, like so, sometimes this, this show swings kind of progressive, but most of the time it's really conservative. And this was a song that I felt was really, oh, won't someone think of the women kind of situation. Like, oh, won't someone think of the strippers? Yeah. You know, like. She's a stripper, therefore she's obviously a victim. Yeah. Like, she couldn't possibly have chosen this for herself. You know, this is, you know, a, you know, knee-jerk, like, moral outrage kind of thing. Yeah, and she knows that he treats her badly, but she can't, yeah. she can't get out of it, which is something that happens. Absolutely. But it's, it's not happening because she's a woman in an abusive relationship. It's because she's a stripper in a, an abusive yeah, yeah, relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. If she would just quit stripping, then she wouldn't let men walk <laughs> all over her. Yeah, she totally. It's, she is a stripper because she hates herself. Basically, I think is the, the thesis of, of that whole scene. Yeah. And not that. And men can take advantage of her because she's a stripper. Not, not because yeah, she, yeah, yeah. her personality would not be capable of being abused or malleable if she had a proper job. Yeah, 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 exactly. And she dumped LaRusso if she, you know, if she was a secretary or something <laughs> upstanding like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so uh, we, we go from this sad sack song to the mayor again. Yeah. And this is such a bonkers scene. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the intention was. Uh, it starts with the mayor uh, uh, letting two consultants into her office. Twins. Like, image consultants. Identical twins. Yeah. Which, on its own, I think is a really strange choice. Like, it's it's kind of a, a surreal thing. It's unnecessary, and I don't know I think they're making they're a sort at. of commentary on the image industry and they're saying look at the esoteric weirdos who work in there some of them look identical to each other um anyway so you can kind of tell that the consultants are are sugarcoating the information that they have for the mayor and the mayor says you know i'm a big girl i can take it tell me outright yeah, she's gonna hear the things that the guy at the beginning of the episode said you're not gonna want it you're not going to want to hear this. And yeah. the thing is, you and I don't know what's coming either. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, Your sure. hair looks like gigantic 90s ridiculous hair, but that's only by modern standards, I'll, I'm sure. I'll tell you what I was expecting. I was expecting the consultants to say, uh, you're viewed as being overly stern, you're an ice queen, you're... Yeah, you know, mannish. Man very mannish. You know, so something like, you know, a type of criticism that gets leveled to women in politics often. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're not soft enough, or they're not yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. wifely or yeah, homely. Yeah. Or... Uh, but instead, they say, you are too ugly to be a senator. Yeah, <laughs> they say, uh, <laughs> they say uh, we've done focus groups, and 95% of the people we've surveyed, surveyed have used the word ugly. And yeah. then they start listing examples. like Saying, you're, you, you're so ugly, you frighten horses and children. Yeah, you're so ugly, you could stop a train. Yeah, uh, they um, also... You're so ugly, you should die, <laughs> or you deserve to die, which immediately just made me think, 
it was cool. It was like pre-YouTube. Yeah, yeah. But but that I guess focus groups at the time were like, <laughs> "What do you think about this woman's appearance?" And then the pre-YouTube comment generation people, guys, were still <laughs> saying like, "So ugly, you should kill yourself." Yeah. <laughs> uh, they also used the phrase uh, "physically repugnant," mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. Uh, the actress herself is not unattractive at all, and I I felt so bad for the actress who had to come into that scene knowing she was casted because apparently she is ugly well i yeah she does not look i mean and they're not saying you're we need to make some tweaks with your appearance yeah and we need to change your hairstyle we need to like they're saying your face is too ugly you cannot be a senator meanwhile i'm sure like ruth bader ginsburg was on the supreme court at this point like I'm sure the, Margaret Thatcher was was Prime Minister of England at this point. Uh, yeah, and this man has Thatcher hair. Yeah, like there have been f- high level female politicians in the public eye that I wouldn't necessarily say were sex symbols, but obviously that was never a problem in the 1990s that women were too ugly to serve. Yeah, I mean you could I could see why physical image can be an issue more for women than men. Absolutely. But but you look at this, I mean the thing that's strange is the the woman they cast in this role. Yeah. Actually scans to me very much like the kind of uh older politically experienced authoritative mayor in the way yeah. she carries herself and the way she looks. She looks she, very mayoral she looks yeah. very like authoritative and political and, yeah. like, she looks like a politician if, yeah yeah exactly like, if so, i was if i was a consultant an image consultant going into that office i'd be like check you're good you don't need yeah. to fix anything you look exactly like you're supposed especially to look. since you're already the mayor it's not like you're trying <laughs> yeah. to start out yeah but they they just go and yeah so the the actor who who's playing this character and i guess the character herself just doesn't just doesn't clash so strongly with beauty standards that that this is at all believable and it's and it's just meant to make her and again this is what i think they just they got to they started writing the third episode and were like uh, i don't know what to do with her in this yeah. one let's make her feel self-conscious about her appearance yeah and she she does you think she's just going to take this in stride the character yeah. kind of sounds like yeah, yeah, yeah if two guys came into her office and said you're too ugly to be a senator yeah She'd tell him to fuck off or tell him that she knew better. But she she's like, oh, my goodness. Totally. Yeah. And I, I don't want to give the impression that I believe that image doesn't affect female politicians more than male politicians and, and that voters aren't more critical of women's appearance in politics. But it's it's absolutely insane. Like, she's running for Senate. Like, does anyone even know what their senator looks like? <laughs> you know? Like, it's yeah. not... It's it's such a bizarre thing, and I think this scene as well is being played for laughs. Like they're the language being used is so overblown. Like things like physically repugnant, the hyperbole is there for comedic effect. I feel I don't know why this scene exists or this plot line exists. It's so bizarre to me, but I feel like I think the, I think the scene is supposed to be kind of playful. Yeah, well. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's also a bit playful in a sort of a nasty misogynistic way. Like you, you're supposed to enjoy watching this woman told that she's be, be taken down ugly. a peg. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah she, maybe. Yeah, she has in the the two episodes before 
scans like she tells the tube of police at one point like i'm gonna crush you like a bug yeah and then in this one guys get to be like yeah you're ugly and someone <laughs> told you and you don't like it yeah yeah that's what you get yeah i think so i think you might be right uh, that, yeah so anyway you can tell the mayor is really affected by this that you know she's putting up a, a strong front but somewhere under her patrician facade her heart is breaking um yeah well they leave her uh, an envelope with the number of uh the plastic, best surgeon. plastic surgeon right yeah, yeah. absolutely and she goes to take the envelope and is looking at a portrait of herself that's been painted and is is in her office and is yeah. thinking about her appearance now yeah her totally acceptable appearance but, <laughs> but the show is saying like you are the ugliest human being that poor actress in history I, I always worry about that like there are roles in shows and movies where the character is supposed to be ugly and like they put out a casting call and like hey are you ugly you should you know sign up for this and yeah i think i read something on reddit where someone says i do casting calls like that and, yeah and people know what we mean but we won't say ugly we'll say like uh unorthodox and yeah. asymmetrical yeah and uh, interesting faces, faces or, with a lot of character yeah uh i've always felt bad um uh, uh, what's her name? Oh my God, she's in so many shows and she always gets cast as this ugly woman and she's a very, very attractive woman. Uh, she was in um, Arrested Development. She played like the receptionist who's uh, cheating on, on the, the senior Bluth. Um, God, what else is she in? Uh, she's been in like How I Met Your Mother, but she's always cast as this like plain Jane person that like nobody wants to be physically close to because she's mm-hmm. so hideous and the actress is really really cute and i don't know if it's just that she's not hollywood hot but like she's like normal people hot and that translates as being like really ugly yeah or or what i don't know fun fact uh in home alone when um, macaulay culkin is going through his older brother's um stuff and he finds a picture of of biff is that his buzz finds a picture of Buzz's girlfriend and it's this like hideous, like chubby yeah. girl. And he goes, Buzz, your girlfriend, woof. And he breaks the picture. Um, I guess, uh, I think Christopher Columbus, who directed that, felt so bad about having to cast someone to be ugly that he actually cast a boy and put the boy in drag so that to kind of protect the feelings of whatever poor girl was going to have no. to go through that and That's... be like famous for being ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and especially ugly by whatever ridiculous Hollywood yeah, standards. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. You know, the type of person I would sort of do a second take with on the street. <laughs> like, that was a pretty young woman. And then yeah. Hollywood's like, we need someone really plain, bordering on ugly for <laughs> yeah. this role. Oh, my God. It's, it's absolutely going to kill me what that actress is named. Anyway, we go from the mayor's office to uh, Detective Gaines and his partner. Yeah, Officer Gaines. They're uh, on the beat. Yeah. And this is where you realize that they've been setting this up in the last episode. They were setting up that Gaines is kind of stupid and annoying. But, but now you, but he's positive. Up, he's nice. He's, he's a nice guy. Maybe too nice. He's, he, he de-escalates rather than, you know, throws himself into situations. He's, he's Yeah. Or he's just chatty. Like he, yeah. when they stop at a red light, he's trying to talk to the, the kind of uh, 90s punks. What were they? I were don't they, know. They like, looked like goths, but they were listening to hair metal. and Yeah. Or she looked a bit like a goth. The guy who was driving looked... Maybe like, like a, a redneck, war, like a redneck war vet. Yeah, 
<laughs> and his goth girlfriend. Just, yeah. And they were just meant to be young, like wasters yeah. or something. Yeah. But, but I, that's I, where the show's like, what do the kids look like nowadays? Totally. Uh, it's not the first time that you can tell the writers either aren't doing the research or don't care, but they are writing stereotypes based on like very middle-class mainstream interpretations of what punks or goths look like yeah. or what like Latino subculture looks like. Wealthy people. Or what, yeah, for sure. Like it's just, yeah, you know, we put some like weird makeup and fuss up their hair a bit and like our audience will, you know, that's what a punk is to them. I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's trying to talk to them about the music they're blasting from their car. Yeah. And they just ignore him and drive off. And like, oh, Gaines, you friendly fellow. Yeah. But, you know, he's supposed to be intimidating. So yeah. then, and they get, they go, they go, they get called to uh, go investigate a, uh, I guess, domestic dispute. Yeah. D- dispute. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they, they kind of, they're led into the apartment. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a situation that's so bad. The cops have been called yeah. and they get there and they hear stuff inside being smashed around. Yeah. And one of them even says like, Oh man, this is going to be crazy or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we, we bet you ready. Like we got yeah. this, we're ready to do this. And, and you know, they knock loudly, please let us in the, there's a, a couple inside. They open the door, they let the cops in it's clear that there's been like a big ruckus. Um, it's also clear that this is like a very working class, if even like below working class, yep. like slummy apartment. So a, a big struggle has been going on and they um, try to kind of break up the couple, take them off into separate rooms, calm them each down, kind of get a, a sense of what was going on. Um, Gaines kind of handles the situation poorly. He uh, He's a little dismissive towards the man who takes offense uh, grabs Gaines gun and points it at yeah. the two cops. They really do it clumsily. He's like, just go into the room with the other officer. I'm just going to yeah. talk to your wife for a bit. And he's like, talk to her about what? And, then, yeah. and he's just, you know, acting like his wife is his property. And yeah. everything Gaines says is, is accidentally escalating it more, but it's not really convincing. Yeah. He says something like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to hang out with your wife for a bit. It's like, hang out with her. What does that mean? That means you're going to fuck her. And, and you know, yeah. it's just, even though I was like, you're, you're really reading this all wrong, you idiot. And, yeah. And it's not going to do anything. But it's weird because in the last episode, it was established that he speaks jive, you know? Oh, so, yeah. So I thought we were supposed to think that he can handle these really tense what? situations. Yeah. Yeah, that, he, that he's great at de-escalating that he's great at calming yeah, people down. Yeah, because in the last episode, his his black partner smashes a black man's yeah. car, like the the side um, mirror. Yeah, yeah. And it's Gaines, the the sort of really friendly white guy who seems kind of naive, yeah. who gets involved, de-escalates, gives yeah. the guy his contact infos, and says, yeah, yeah. just get an estimate, I'll repair it. And then in this one, everything he says to the guy yeah. just starts pissing him off. And then he's like, it's okay, sweetheart, to his wife. And that's yeah. when the guy's like, sweetheart, and pulls yeah, out yeah, his yeah. gun because... Yeah. You know, they had to, I don't know who would hear a cop say that and say, like, that means you want to fuck my wife and grab his yeah. gun. It's just really forced. And Anyway, Gaines' partner draws his gun. They're kind of in a stand down. The, the, the partner holding the gun kind of talks the, the husband down. He, he puts his gun down. You can kind of see that he's realizing that he flew off the cuff. He feels regretful. Or something. Yeah. Well, the, something um, like regret. The cop, the cop is pointing the gun at him. Says, uh, 
I can just, if you put that down, I'll use my discretion and we'll just assume this never happened. Yeah. I was thinking, I don't know if stealing a cop's gun and pointing it at them is something where your first reaction would be like, let's just ignore this (laughs) whole thing. Yeah. This is where the craziest thing happens. I don't know that we've, we actually don't see a lot of policing in this show, but this may, (laughs) this may be the stupidest policing decision is the cops can see that the husband's regretful. He kind of like embraces his wife. They're both crying and the cops, I can't remember which one oh, no, says yeah, it. Yeah, he, he, he says, if you put down the gun, I'll use my discretion and we'll assume this didn't happen. And he's kind of stops pointing the gun at them. His uh, gains gently takes the gun. Yeah. And then, and then his partner's like, so if we walk out of here right now, is everything cool? <laughs> yeah. Like, you were there for a domestic Yeah. This incident. man is clearly unstable. Yeah. This woman is not safe in this apartment with he him. He pulled a gun on all three of you. <laughs> And, and you're you, going to leave her with yeah. him. It, it's absolute next level bonkers. It is the craziest thing the show has done. They and, were because they they were taking the woman into the kitchen to talk, and the yeah. other guy was going to talk yeah. to the the husband in the living room. Yeah. They were there to talk and see what was going on, but because a gun got pulled on them, yeah. like give me the gun. Okay, so we're going to leave. We can see you've learned your lesson. Yeah. We're going to leave. Like what? What is that? So after the cops kind of say like, are we? cool to leave the the couple start breaking out in song it's it's a kind of a blues number it's a little soul ish as well was that the eric clapton one yeah with yeah, like the eric, eric clapton, clapton guitar. guitar yeah and basically the the wife forgives the husband the husband's like uh you know i always do this but i'm gonna work on on getting better and like everything about this is 100% like a cycle of abuse. Like this is what happens yeah. all the time in abusive relationships. But we're supposed to watch this and think like he actually means it. Like he actually is going to get better and he yeah. actually is going to try now. He sees the error of his ways. And like, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's kind of saying It's kind of saying like, yeah, she's doing some things to deserve it. Yeah. It's probably really, you know, yeah. cause she's crying and saying, I'm sorry too. It's not a one-sided thing. They're both kind of saying we're such fuck ups. Let's try harder. And it's, doesn't say anything about drug use. It doesn't say anything <laughs> about poverty. It doesn't say anything about mental health issues. It doesn't say anything about domestic abuse. It's not you just only, get the impression that they kind of snap at each other now and then. Yeah. And but they're and not. Not only does it not say things about poverty or mental health or domestic abuse, but it one hundred percent delegitimizes those complaints. It it there is a, a line in the song, and I wrote it down where the husband sings, I like to blame the world for my troubles. And then the refrain of the song, they repeat over and over and over, it ain't nobody's fault but our own. Yeah. Like, I I get it. Like, you know, personal responsibility is a thing. But 100% this song is saying that if you're poor, it's your own fault. If you're, like, abusive, if you have a mental health issue, if you are, you know, whatever, like, all of all of these marginalized states, you know, you're the only one to blame. Yeah, you have no one to blame <laughs> but, but yourself. yourself. So, I mean, they're acting like, you know, you only have yourselves to blame when you got into a fight one morning because one of you woke up first and didn't leave enough coffee for the next person. <laughs> but it's not. This is a domestic yeah. dispute. Like, is the wife saying it's her fault that she's in an abusive relationship? Like, it's nobody's fault but her own? It's both their faults because they need to be nicer to each other. Oh, my God. 
it's so so freaking crazy yeah it's so not gritty too it's such a i mean for all the times it's saccharine it's sappy and it's it's naive yeah so naive and 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 also you know again we're just watching these two people sing to each other about how they need to take responsibility for their mutually abusive relationship and there's one point where the the two cops are sort of inching towards the door. <laughs> like they, they're kind of like, and yeah, they look we, like they have it now? under control. We're, yeah, we're good. We're and then good. it just cuts back to them, and by this point, they're on on the floor in each other's arms, crying. And I guess you're supposed to feel like, hey, if they're talking about it through song, then they're going to be fine. I guess it doesn't it doesn't even hint that this is going to continue being yeah. a cycle of violence because the song has has expunged. It's so bizarre. And again, actually, this is another song about characters we didn't know. Like, again, we're meant to invest emotionally into characters up until the song we did not even know existed. Yeah, and at best, that's what you're expected to do. And at worst, you know, the worst thing is you're, you're kind of like, oh, okay, that, I feel bad for you wife-beating <laughs> asshole. Yeah, are we supposed to feel everyone? bad for him? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think that... Like, just because he had a moment of clarity, therefore he is a good person overall. Yeah, he had a moment of, he had a moment <laughs> of clarity when a cop was pointing a gun at him <laughs> and saying, uh, drop the gun. <laughs> and, then the, and then they just started seeing, like, we're in a cycle. Yeah. Anyway, super weird... Uh, that's never brought up again. And then the mayor, uh, we cut back to the mayor and she, I guess has an aide in. I, I wasn't even really clear on who this man was. I think we saw him in the first episode. I think he was one of the lick spittles. Okay. He's a, yeah. And he is the creepiest goddamn guy. I really enjoyed watching him. She, Absolutely. she says to him, uh, um, I want you to be honest. What do you think about my appearance? And he says in this very, uh, very sort of formal and sedate and well-spoken and articulated tone. Like, uh, which appearance are you referring to? Are you referring to the uh, appearance here and here on such a date? And, and he's he says, like, no, he's, my he, physical appearance. He's incredibly evasive. Like he doesn't, he knows what she says, but he's trying not to necessarily address it. Yeah. She says no, my physical appearance. And he's like, ah, your physical appearance. He's, he's incredibly. He's a bit like a, a toned down city bureaucrat version of the bad guy from the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, he's he's kind of Mr. Smithy. I got a, a Star Trek vibe from him. I don't know why. Yeah, I got he, that too. He definitely. Seemed, he seemed like some evil diplomat. That would be in in like a next generation episode where like yeah. you know that guy is bad, but everything he says makes him yeah. sound like a decent and like person. Like you said, bad diplomat. He's not yeah. like one of the the war like uh, he's you know he's the the weird yeah. bad diplomat that Star Trek would sometimes do. <laughs> yeah, and- often. Uh, and I was so struck by his performance, I actually tried to count how many times the character blinked. Mm-hmm. Zero. Nice. In that entire scene, he did not blink once. I think I said to you when he left the room, I was like, I just want to watch the rest of this series revolve around him. Yeah. Mesmerizing <laughs> to watch. Fantastic. Yeah, totally. And knowing this show, he's too good for it and won't be back. Like that character is probably gone forever. How, uh, um, but yeah. we'll always have him. Ray. Yeah, I hope we'll always Ray. have Ray. I hope, yeah. I hope he comes back. Yeah. How did that 
And he said something like, well, I would not say that you're not attractive. Uh, eventually, he, he is honest and says... Or he says, your, uh, your physical appearance transcends your authority. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he, he finds a way to complimentarily say you're ugly. Yeah, and it's funny that, yeah, they. I mean, the first two episodes, they don't bring up any body image issues, and yeah. now you're supposed to believe that this woman in her, like, maybe mid to late 50s, yeah. um, all of a sudden, things have happened where she's like, maybe I'm not good looking enough. It's like, if this isn't playing on what you think are physical insecurities that yeah. she's always had. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, by the way, now you're you're insecure, and and in the universe of this show, if these characters have histories, you know, if they're meant to exist before the show starts, if she was so physically repugnant to use their phrasing, you'd think by sixty or you know she would already know, you yeah. know, <laughs> like yeah, she would have an impression are... that. You know, people don't think I'm attractive. Yeah, they're saying you are that ugly. It's and not something you would just discover at at her age that like, oh, by the way, people think your looks can stop trains and scare <laughs> horses and young and, children. And children. Yeah, you deserve to die. <laughs> and then, and I think that's because that's not why they cast her. Yeah. And that's not who the character is originally supposed to be. Totally. And they've decided to say, well, we wanted to run for a... Uh, the Senate, I mean, what they've said is for some reason we want to pursue a story arc with this character. I don't even know why. She's barely in it. Yeah. And then they've said, well, okay, if she wants to, if we're going to have a subplot where she tries to realize greater political ambitions, how do we make this relevant to her as a woman? Oh, we'll say she's ugly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what it, that's the, <laughs> yeah. there's no glass ceiling. It's, yeah, uh, good it's point. Your, your face makes trains stop. It's not, <laughs> It's not, well, uh, we're going to have to tell you some things that you won't want to hear. And she's like, well, I've heard it all. Just tell me. And then they yeah. say, well, uh, we find at certain levels of government, people just don't trust uh, women. They find them uh, emotional. Uh, they think that they can be uh, dominated by the men around them. Yeah. You know, yeah. a sort of frank explanation, not of how women are, obviously, but yeah, the yeah. stupid attitudes that people For have, sure. especially men have. Yeah. Um, about women in politics, but they 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 don't think on that level at all. They're just like no plastic surgery. Yeah, that's what she that's what she needs. So uh, yeah, that's actually really great analysis. Uh, the uh, the scene ends with her giving Ray the plastic surgeon's number, saying make an appointment for me. Yeah, um, and then I think we cut back to the strip club. Yeah, yeah, or no, just just a bar, just a seedy bar. Well, the, or there's, LaRusso. there's another strip club scene because LaRusso tries to... We're not uh, there yet. You're jumping ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, LaRusso is... Oh, well, one thing we should say is at this point, LaRusso and his partner have been taken off duty. Right. Um, and LaRusso a... is like, we haven't been charged with anything, but Hollander says, uh, you're under investigation and you're, there's an issue with the community. The black community is angry that yeah. you shot someone. So, uh, and LaRusso's all, ah, well, we had a big... We had a big case. Yeah. We had a big case I was about to work on. It's like, well, you're off it. Yeah. So they've been removed from doing uh, copley things. Yes, copley. Uh, so now LaRusso is in some sort of seedy bar yeah. talking to some people we're meant to th- assume are drug dealers. 
Yeah, and they say something to him like, where do you get your money? And LaRusso, uh, you know, is undercover. Uh, yeah. Uh, undercover when he's not supposed to be and he's right. like I don't tell the IRS where I get my money and I'm not telling you and yeah 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 they're all like mm, huh. but anyway, he's a real criminal I guess <laughs> yeah he seems legit his story checks out <laughs> uh, <laughs> so while they are kind of making their drug deal yeah. uh, Hollander kind of shows up at, at their booth and says hey Vincent and, <laughs> and LaRusso is, who is trying to not only do a bust as yeah. a cop but do it undercover because yeah. he doesn't want these people to realize that he's a cop. He's like, I think you got me confused with someone else. <laughs> he's like, and Holland is like, detective, <laughs> I need to talk to you. Tell your friends to leave. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> these guys are just going to pull out guns and start shooting at you both because they just found out that <laughs> the cops. guy was framing them and an, he was an yeah. undercover cop trying to take them down. Yeah. And the police captain just walks up to him and is like, Detective LaRusso, we need to talk. Tell your friends to get lost. I've I've never worked in a vice squad. I don't know much about policing in vice or, or sting operations or anything. But I do know that you aren't supposed to reveal you're a cop <laughs> in front of very dangerous people. Yeah. Or you you certainly you certainly shouldn't if you're a cop go up to a friend of yours who's a cop. <laughs> And tell the guys. And and just, and yeah, and bust the sting right in front of everyone. It, By saying so he's a detective too. And, and, and the criminals, the drug dealers just get up and leave. Like they're not even yeah. mad. They don't even say anything. They just get they up give and Give them go, a dirty look. And like go, oh. you were a cop all along. Jeez, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> and like kind of walk away with the tails between their legs. It's a, more bad policing. Yeah, uh, that was bad policing. And then he just says to LaRusso, like, I told you not to do shit like this. You're not supposed to be doing any cop work. Yeah, yeah. Stop being a cop. Um, and then... LaRusso's like, what does he do after this? Is he desperately trying to get to his car parked down the street without getting blown away <laughs> by these guys who know he's They're a like, cop now? <laughs> waiting for him? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, and then I feel like it's in the same bar. I'm not even sure. But uh, we see... Danny Potts, LaRusso's uh, partner, having a drink. I don't know if it's the same bar. I mean, I don't think it is. You can't have... It would be awful if it was. It just makes it seem like it's such a small universe. There's one bar where all the cops go after work because we've seen them there before. But it's also the bar where all the cops try and do undercover deals (laughs) with criminals. They don't do it anywhere else. There'll be like 10 cops at the bar and winding after work and then three cops in a booth trying to catch a child molester or something. (laughs) Everyone just gravitates to this one bar. Um, and, uh, yeah, Danny Potts is having a discussion with someone. I'm, I, he's the aide to, um, the chief of police. That's what he's I the, thought. Yeah. He's K- Kendrick's aide. Um, and they're, they're talking about Potts kind of being on the fence about whether he should confess, uh, that or, LaRusso or, shot. Yeah. Confess isn't the word, but, yeah. uh, well, basically, um, means. the 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 assistant comes in and says, uh, "So your name's been coming up a lot, and people think you're the only thing stopping Larusso from getting what's coming to him, because Potts has insisted that what he saw was the bad guy reach for his gun and Larusso shoot him in self defense. But what he actually saw was the bad guy standing against the wall in handcuffs yeah. and get gunned down. Yeah. Um, and so he doesn't want to throw Larusso under the bus." 
because he's his partner, although yeah. you've seen no real development of any kind of friendship. So when this whole strain yeah. is up, I mean, and they kind of dropped the cop killer thing too. They first two episodes, yes. In this one, Potts doesn't say, I don't want to throw my partner under the bus. And also that guy was a cop killer and I didn't want him back on the streets. Yeah. Now it's just like, no, no, it's just really the partner angle. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Potts is concerned about his safety. If if he testifies against LaRusso, he could also be charged. So there's a well, lot he, of... He's, I think he's offered immunity, but he is worried that if he testifies against LaRusso, the other cops he work with are going to think he's a rat. For sure. But the other thing that Which, uh, the other thing that came up in this scene is the guy it's it Potts and the guy talking to him are both black. Yeah. And oh, it, it was totally. a black guy. It was yes. a black guy who was shot by Larusso, who's white. Yeah. And who brings it up? I think it's. Uh, I think Potts does. He's like everyone wants to make this a race yeah. thing, but it's not. Larusso's a lot of things, but he's not a racist. Yeah, it really tries to say that when this black guy gets shot by a white cop yeah it's just political correctness run amok <laughs> if you assume that there's any race race thing related to it and yeah. you know the show does not make it out that LaRusso is a racist they don't no. hint that that's any part of his character so yeah. it is kind of saying like listen guys just because uh, a white cop shoots a black man yeah. um, who was handcuffed <laughs> and, uh, and helpless and then lied about it doesn't mean it's a race thing yeah everybody's trying to make it a race thing yeah, yeah uh and the show doesn't really make it a race thing that's the thing you'd think a show in this day and age as soon as that happens like they would need to address that but this show is for sure is very much this sort of i don't know stagnant 90s politics where the is this this would have been before the rodney king incident yeah i, I feel think like so. that was like 93 or 94 i mean not to say that race and policing has not always been a thing, but it may have been kind of a a cooler climate in like 1990 where it's not necessarily on white people's radar, at least. Yeah, or it's on white people's radar to the extent that they're tired of hearing about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, every time a black guy gets <laughs> shot by a white cop, it's like, oh, there's a racial element to that. Like, get over it, guys. Come on. It's, yeah. Cop was just doing his job. So, yeah, they really try to push that under the rug i almost i it almost seems like they didn't think about it when that scene happened and then three episodes into cop rock they're starting to get viewer mail yeah <laughs> and they're like oh man people thought we, we better tell the viewers that that wasn't a yeah. racial that's not a plot line that we're going with here yeah we're not we're not going down that rabbit hole um that silly rabbit hole because <laughs> race doesn't look larusso's colorblind okay yeah. he doesn't see black and white that's that's what cops are like don't, don't okay see color. don't yeah. see color um so we then cut back to the mayor who is on the operating table about, oh, actually not yet. Uh, she has a meeting first with the, um, the plastic surgeon. Yeah. Uh, we may have actually skipped this, but uh, we'll, we'll go over it now where, yeah. she, where she has to pick her nose. Uh, yeah, pick the nose choose you her want. nose. I should be. And he, and he shows her with computer graphics all the different noses she can have. Yeah. And I felt like. They're all worse than her actual nose. Yeah, either they were much worse or they were so similar that it really didn't seem like this was something that Would was going to. justify surgery. Yeah, improve her center chances. Yeah, yeah. But then she pulls out a file and she's like, I know exactly what nose I want. And yeah. she names someone, uh, yeah. a celebrity. And then I know what eyes I want. 
I know yeah. uh, what else I want. And the guy's sort of smiling. Yeah, he's like, yeah, okay, notes. rhinoplasty. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, liposplasty. Uh, liposplasty. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And going down the list and... And then she's like, that's the face I want. And with the body, uh, just do what you can. <laughs> yeah. So, oh God, poor actress. I feel so bad for her. Um, I don't know. I mean, she... I mean, she must... She's just not... Like, she's not I, even... I, I would just... I wonder if she just felt kind of baffled. Like, okay, is this where we're going? Because it... Yeah, I mean, she's not even plain. Like, there, there's a lot of, like... There's, there's nothing about her appearance where it's like, that's where we're going with this character. Like, yeah. there's nothing about her that would strike anyone as being like, that's an unattractive yeah, woman. totally innocuous. And it's also that... At, at worst, she's nondescript, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it's also that she just... She just says, do what you can with the rest. And yeah. so then she's on the operating table. Yeah, yeah. And she's a bit scared. And he says, why are you scared? Uh, you won't feel a thing. And she says, no, I'm scared. It won't work. Yeah. And that's the politics of it. They're, yeah. They're not saying... she. There's no tension about does she feel she should compromise her appearance to please the standards yeah. of her constituents. It's just her... Uh, they've just taken her from the beginning where she was not aware of the fact that she was totally physically repugnant. And now she's like this frightened little girl who's and like... Yeah, she's frightened like, oh, I hope this works. Yeah, it really reminded me of the Twilight episode, Twilight Zone episode with uh, with the plastic surgery, with the, the woman who's undergoing her like seventh plastic surgery uh, because she's hideous and they'll have to take her away to some sort of island for hideous people and she's so worried that uh yeah uh, she's so worried that it won't work and then yeah, it, the it, doctors who are doing it have pig faces because they were faces. the ugly ones all along <laughs> she was beautiful um uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder um uh, i i don't know if it was intentional but they used a lot of like pov shots like of the mayor on the on the operating table, kind of looking up at the lights while nurses and surgeons kind of look down on her. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like that may have even been an intentional allusion to that Twilight Zone episode. Uh, it could just be me being overactively uh, yeah, conscious of that. But um, anyway, uh, the the doctor gets out the, 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 gas, the gas mask and he, yeah. he puts it on her face and the lights that she's kind of staring at start twirling around and then we have another musical number. Yeah. And this was just, you know, this is just one of those pointless ones. Like, I don't care if you're the best plastic surgeon <laughs> in the biz. I don't care if you're going to make her look great. I actually, this is stupid. I actually had a little bit of fun with this one. I don't know why it had kind of a, um, little shop of horrors vibe to it with the, uh, when Steve Martin's the singing, sadistic dentist yeah except this had no edge or bite no no for sure it didn't um i think he the 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 surgeon calls himself a van gogh of cold blue steel i i like that line a lot that's (laughs) yeah okay uh all right (laughs) (laughs) anyway and uh, then all these nurses in bright red and yellow and blue dresses are all singing background vocals yeah it's a completely unremarkable song i don't remember it at all like, yeah. I don't remember the melody. I don't remember the rhythm. I remember it was up-tempo, and that's about it. Um, I remember that the uh, surgeon is not a great singer. He has a really, like, annoying nasally voice, and he looks like a giant baby. 
Yep. He's like squinty and chubby and bald. He, he looks like like a six foot baby. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'll give to this show is that they have people sing and dance who don't look like they have a lot of experience doing that <laughs> and don't fit these preconceived. Like it's he's a like Ronnie yeah. Cox. I would never cast him for a musical. Like that, that's a guy who belongs in a musical. Or the um, um, forensics guy who sings in yeah. the first episode. Like, why did she choose me? I'm not much to look at. <laughs> kind of boring. Totally. And you, yeah, I wouldn't expect to see him in you know chicago or something <laughs> yeah for sure right after that whole situation we cut to Larusso again at the strip club and the the establishing shot of the strip club is that wacky fatty <laughs> arbuckle mc just flailing around madly on stage i don't know yeah. what it's supposed to be he's flailing around like chris farley yeah for sure doing a routine he's kind of like <laughs> and it goes on for maybe 10 seconds or something and it, yeah. it actually looked pretty funny but i don't know what he was trying to do yeah was he, he wasn't he wasn't saying like and now your attention please or clap yeah. your hands for the girls he was just stupid hat and um anywho uh, uh larusso is up to his old tricks he's copping when he's not supposed to be he's uh he's sitting at uh kind of in the pervert's row of the strip club and yeah. he's sitting next well, to some his, guy his girlfriend is working there and so he's just there to see her yeah but he recognizes someone as, that a, as he, a former drug dealer yeah so he starts and i guess he just you, you can take larusso out of the cop shop but you can't <laughs> take the cop shop out of larusso he just wants to battle crime so bad yeah so he just recognizes this guy the guy doesn't really remember him yeah and he just tries to set up another sting where he's like yeah and then he says you can uh sleep with my wife he says his girlfriend is his wife you can yeah. sleep with my wife if you give me a good good deal on some coke yeah which is obviously like really sleazy and and terrible but it's amazing how quickly that proposition comes up. Like within 30 seconds of discussion with an absolute stranger, it's like, Hey, I heard you, you sell drugs. No, I, I don't just, just enjoy your show. Well, cause if you have drugs, uh, I'm buying, no, uh, no, I'm, you know, it's yeah, fine. Just wash the broads. Well, that girl's my wife and you can sleep with her if, uh, if you give me some Coke. Oh no. What oh, happens okay. Is, yeah. No, what happens <laughs> is he says, uh, Oh, you think she looks good. You should see her when, and he says something yeah. like when she's in bed or oh, when. He says something really terrible too. Like, yeah. You know, if if you give her a little bit of coke, she'll do anything or something yeah. really gross. Yeah, I, he's like, my wife will do anything, and then the guy's like, hey, uh, do you think you could hook something like that up? Yeah, <laughs> to yeah, a guy yeah. about his wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe we can make that happen. So it happens it, after after his girlfriend's show. He he kind of takes her out to some. Is it a bridge? It's like yeah, they go out to the bridge beside <laughs> the strip club. <laughs> And LaRusso you says, know, yeah, there's a guy I want you to meet. And he's not hes not actually doing it to get the coke. He wants to arrest the guy. Yeah, yeah. And he, but he, he doesn't tell her what's going on. Right. She, and she's an unwilling bait. She's bait. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know she's bait. And yeah. she is unwilling to meet this guy. He's like, yeah, there's a friend I want you to meet. And yeah. so he points him out. He's like, this is Sully or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, then, um, and then he says something like, yeah, I want you to do it with him. And she says, why? And he's like, because I want you to. And she doesn't know that this is a sting. But she, she says yes. She says yes, but she's not happy about no, it. No, she's pissed off, which is a bad reason to go with a stranger in his car. Because <laughs> you're pissed off at your boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, that was weird. And just before she gets into to the car, LaRusso pulls his gun, says, you're under arrest. 
Yeah, because he hands him the the coke. Hands yeah. him the coke, and that's that's the go action. Yeah, yeah. And the guy is facing away from Larusso. Yeah, reaches into his the back of his pants. Yeah, Larusso can see perfectly. Slowly yeah. pulls out a gun. Yeah, the whole time Larusso was just watching this happen. Yeah, yeah. It's so poorly filmed. It's so unconvincing. <laughs> it makes him look like such a terrible cop. The reason you have your gun drawn is so the guy can't pull out a gun. And the yeah. guy is slowly pulling out a gun. Yeah, the guy seems like he knows what he's doing a lot more than Larusso does. Yeah, grabs Larusso's girlfriend and threatens to kill her. Yeah, and and Larusso's like, "Go ahead, kill her. I don't care." Yeah, she's like, "Honey," <laughs> <laughs> like, "Do it. I don't care. Do it." Uh. And calls and, his bluff. The guy doesn't shoot him. Yeah. Is that what happened? I was really... I, I found Sully's... <laughs> Sully's acquiescing very unconvincing. Like, why... They were in the standoff, and then he's just like, yeah, fine, whatever. And he allows himself to be arrested. Yeah, after, I think it's... Is it after he realizes that his, that his um, hostage isn't valuable? I guess, like, yeah. I think it's like, yo, you will, you will let me shoot her. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so he 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 arrests Sully, and <laughs> uh, and the girlfriend's like, "You are gonna let him kill me," and then cuts. Yeah, Larusso just looks at her. Like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I love I love justice that much. <laughs> I love you, baby, but <laughs> I really love justice. Um, and then oh, then this pointless song. That pointless song. They bring the guy into the... Yeah. They bring him in. They book him. And then there's just a song about booking people. Yeah. That involves paperwork. And everyone in the office is singing. Garbage like, in, garbage out. Yeah. Which like, is, I, I guess, talking about just like processing at yeah. headquarters. Like, and, and I said when we were watching it, I think there's another bad guy from RoboCop in this. Yeah. I think the guy... The guy who gets melted by toxic waste at the end of Robocop. And explodes like a water balloon. Yeah, explodes like a water balloon. I think he is one of the the guys, one of the cops who's singing. That might be. I. It's been a long time since I've seen Robocop. I remember that scene vividly, but yeah. there's so much prosthesis, I don't really remember what the guy looked like. So there's criminals getting processed. They're getting their fingerprints taken. They're getting their mugshots yeah. taken. Um, and they're also singing to give voice to the criminals saying like, hey, we're not all bad. You know, oh, we're doing what we need to do to survive. But we're, it's really unconvincing. Like it, it's they, really they, tacked on. Yeah, it it doesn't really fit the rest of the song, and it just seems like like they're going through the motions. Like oh, I guess we have to let the criminals sing a verse, and yeah, uh, and even even everyone who's in there, like the cops are just sort of singing about booking them, and the criminals are singing about how they get booked all the time. Yeah, no one's really into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not entertaining at all and it's and then it just stops yeah and then well then uh one woman is like <laughs> and they all start singing again they they do an encore of this song that wasn't yeah. good to begin with yeah and then it just stops and then uh then hollander comes in is like larusso you're under arrest uh, he's yeah. just reading him his miranda rights yeah except the way he says it just after the song ends yeah it almost sounds like Larusso, stop that damn singing. We got something serious to do. It's it's one of those weird jarring shifts where, and then they arrest Larusso, and that's why that song was so so tacked on. Sing a song like, about arresting Larusso, like that's the, again we've we've talked about it in other episodes, but the modus operandi of this show is to get all the meat of the plot out of the way, so you can sing a song about something the audience does not care about. Yeah. Right? Rather than make the song a, a, 
about what the scene is about. It's like, get all the content out of the way so that we can sing an absolutely useless song. And it's the same thing. Like this, this song about processing criminals is most of the characters who are singing have never been seen and probably will never be seen again in the show. Yeah. We don't care about them, whatever. We don't care about what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Then the song ends and then they book LaRusso and it's like, that should be what the song is about. That, that is the drama of the scene. It's there. Why not? I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm, I've given up trying to understand what they're trying to do. It, it makes no sense. I, I don't care for musicals. So I can't say I know what makes a musical good or what, you know, it's probably good the opposite is. of everything this show is though. Probably. probably. I, I had one of my moments again watching this where I forgot it was a musical. Yeah. <laughs> just, you just get into the sort of mesmerizingly bad drama. Yeah. Where everyone's so serious and looking each other in the eye and just like, I'm going to take you down. Russo. <laughs> I, I'm so happy with this episode, this, this episode so much more overtly crazy than the yeah. last one. Yeah, it was very... I, I found it very entertaining. And I I know we might disagree on this, but I feel like the writers are having more fun with the show. You know, that, that scene about the, the, uh, the mayor being ugly and even that cowboy song. Like, I, I feel the writers are kind of loosening up and maybe allowing the non-singing parts to get a little sillier and a little weirder. But in a way that just makes the really serious parts even that much stranger and that much yeah. more like out of place. I don't know. I don't know what the show is. I don't know what it's trying to be. I don't be. think they know. I think they're trying to, they're juggling so many balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not, they're not even juggling balls. It's like, they're juggling a ball while spinning a plate. <laughs> like, they're trying to do like three shooting different... off a gun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else that you were struck by? I feel like we're winding down. We've kind of gone no, through I the think, whole episode. I think, yeah. I think that's it. It was all, it was pretty linear. Yeah. Linear absurdities. I don't know. In this particular episode. I'm not at all invested in LaRusso. I don't care what happens to him. Like, they they end on him getting read his Miranda rights and yeah. looking at his his former uh, partner through through the glass window, being like, "You fucked me over," and yeah. you know it's supposed to be like dramatic cliffhanger, like tune in next week. I don't care, like yeah. I don't like he's a bad person. He should go to jail. End of story. Like that should be the like. Why are we supposed to? Are we supposed to feel somewhat sympathetic towards him? Are we supposed to identify with him in some way? Are we supposed to, I don't know. Yeah, I don't care either. I mean. I I'm, I just want to get to the baby merchant. Yeah, I know. That, <laughs> that's going to be such a weird surprise when it happens because they're not setting that up at all. It's next it's episode. Been, oh, is it the next episode? It's, it's the next episode. Um, yeah, and I don't know. But that's kind of a, uh, a callback to the first episode, so maybe there were more kind of long-term designs on this show than, than we're giving them credit for. Yeah. Or maybe they just randomly decided to do a callback. Yeah. Like, Oh, right. There was a baby merchant. Is that guy still available? (laughs) Can he sing? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I feel we're, we're winding down. Um, as is tradition, we, we tend to go out on a song. Um, is there, is there one particular standout track to you? Um, 
let's see. Well, well there was the there was the cowboy song. Let's, yeah, let's do the cowboy. We'll song. do the cow- cowboy yeah. song. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's mosey on out to little, the sunset. Little doggies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's it. Uh, tune in. Uh, we could keep this going. And uh, everybody, let's be careful out there. Late at night, a cloudless sky, this cowboy sits alone, wondering if a man like me should bother in home. I'd miss my wife, but that cowboy life is calling me, my friend. I ache to hear the doggies sing again The cold of the west, it worked the best When justice was a simple chore The only law was a lightning drop of a six-gun